Okie dokie. We're, uh, we're kicking this thing off uh, at first just on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. And now we're going to go uh, live on um, YouTube. And then we're going to go live right here, right now on uh, my hair starting, starting live video, start live video. We're going live on... Um, we're going live on, uh, we're waiting. We're going live on Facebook. Now we can officially begin. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all ages, welcome to, I'm always messing with this, uh, this shot, living on a thin line with a Tony Visick. I am Tony Visick. We come to you six days a week at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We are your daily distraction from all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world Today, we come to you on three platforms, Comedy Schools Radio, Network.com, where you can simply listen, kick back, close your eyes, and enjoy. Uh, YouTube Comedy Schools, we get a fantastic visual of me in my junkie office, right here on Facebook Live, where it's a close-up of your, yours truly. Uh, the show is uh, brought to you on three platforms. It is built around three tent poles. Your questions and comments on the aforementioned social media sites, so question and comment, and we will question and comment back. Um, oftentimes we have some knick-knack, pettywhack, doodad, uh, bobblehead, <clears throat> autograph, memento, book, curiosity that we share with you that's laying around here in the home office, and we then try to weave a tale around it. Uh, and we recommend one artist or one piece of music based off our, off our vast vinyl album and CD collection. That's what we do. We do it for you. Uh, hello, Tina and Mike Lawson. We are, uh. In Arizona, we are now on uh, what probably the news, the local news, if I was watching it right now, would call Lockdown Watch. Lockdown Watch 2020. We are waiting patiently, oh so patiently. As a matter of fact, probably going on as I speak for a uh, press conference from the former ice cream salesman who is now inexplicably our governor, Doug Ducey. That's right. You know, you wonder why things are going weird in the country. Uh, you got people like uh, a real estate hustler like Donald Trump as president and a guy who made his living selling uh, ice cream with, uh, and it's the real ingredient. It was uh, extra butter fat. Uh, so, but the most unhealthy ice cream, as I have been led to believe uh, in the world, um, and I even think it's gone now. It was a Cold Stone Creamery, and he got quite wealthy off of that and then became the governor. Uh, people went, well, you know, what the hell? All right, we might not be able to get roads or bridges or decent schools, but damn it, we can get two extra scoops. So now we got two ex extra scoops of what the hell as this state has been um, uh, uh, Angela Fox's Doug drop a -Ducey. Yeah, I wasn't going to go there, Angela, but that's okay. That's fine. I'll accept that. Um <laughs> Whenever Doug Ducey goes walking, like, from his office to his car, do a bunch of kids go running after him with quarters going, it's the ice cream man, it's the ice cream man. Does he ring a little bell in his car on his way home? Does he play a little doot-doot-doot-doot-doot-something? Uh, we're waiting uh, right now his press conference to see if the whole state's going to go in total lockdown. Uh, I am ambivalent about that. Uh, the, my better angels go, yeah, most likely we should. Um... We need to be able to get through this next 
difficult 90 days, 120 days until uh, it appears that uh, a vaccine or vaccines will be readily available uh, to everyone. So it's going to be a tough, weird time getting into that. So uh, that's my better angels. Um, the other part of me is uh, a little upset. You know, we really should have never come out of lockdown to begin with. And what should have taken place, in my estimation, is I sit here on a uh, 10-year-old office chair, maybe 20-year-old. I've had this office chair for a while. I like this chair. Uh, office chair. Uh, what probably should have happened was a, uh, the first round of stimulus basically saved the economy from going off the entire, an entire cliff. The $1,200 people got individually. Uh, the PPA, uh, PPA loans uh, helped bridge things for a lot of businesses, kept a lot of people employed. A lot of people were able to find very inventive, creative ways to be able to function during uh, a lockdown. Uh, but the political pressure to end all of that was stunning, uh, from, mainly from uh, the right wing. Hello, Champ de Blasio. Hello, Randy. Hello, everybody. Uh, the whole uh, Living on a Thin Line family is beginning to gather. The political pressure to end lockdowns was really quite stunning. And um, places like, I think, in uh, North Dakota, where Kristen Noem, Noem, I don't know how her N-O-E-M, is governor, uh, where it is now the hot spot of the world, no lockdowns at all. Uh, and now we're starting to encounter this situation again because of half-ass openings of uh, uh, increased spikes in cases and i'll go even further than that okay where there has been openings where people have been able to go out uh we've seen this uh, uh just stunning stupidity of people going i ain't wearing no mask i don't need no mask masks are political they're trying to take away my freedom you know what takes away your freedom being face down with a tube down your throat and your ass in the air you know, and somebody coming in dressed like someone from an episode of Lost in Space, a 1960s sci-fi movie, uh, holding a phone up saying, if you got anybody you want to say goodbye to, you might want to do it here on Zoom. That takes away your freedom. So whose fault is the situation we're in right now? It's ours. The fault is in our stars. I will admit that since I live in Arizona... Since I live in Arizona and there was this half-ass opening going on and I have, um, I have a private business, no government help, you know, um, we got some of the PPA loans, we got some of that, but I mean, for years, you know, totally on our own, no check from anybody, no unemployment, nothing like that. Uh, as they halfway opened, we found it necessary to uh, partially reopen ourselves and do part of what we did in person and I was really worried about doing that really worried about doing that because I go, if there's another lockdown, it'll create a bigger problem for me, my family, my business uh, than the original lockdown. When everything's locked down, we're going to do everything online, learn how to do everything online, everybody's on board. Then as things partially reopen, we begin to see that falter and waver. So who knows what another lockdown will bring? Maybe there won't be another lockdown. Here's the main thing. Here's the main thing, okay? We are dealing with a highly contagious communicable disease. More highly contagious than syphilis or gonorrhea or AIDS 
This comes from breathing. It's like tuberculosis. Uh, Tina Mike Ross says anti-maskers should be anti-hospital room if they get COVID. You know what? Maybe. I saw a report on the news of a nurse saying stunningly as people were dying in hospitals, go, no, it's not COVID. It must be something else. You know, so strong in their belief system that there's no way that they could get COVID that uh, they were denying it uh, into the grave. Um, anyway, we're waiting to see what uh, the ice cream man's going to do, you know. But uh, right now, we could be, you know, you're seeing state after state after state after state. Uh, re- re- uh, you know, and that's what Trump said. He goes, I'm going to leave it to the governors. Well, they left it to the governors. Okay, governors have to make decisions because they're running out of ICU beds. Uh, significant sections of their population are becoming ill, and there's no help anywhere. There's no help anywhere. You got Mitch McConnell going, oh, I was thinking another stimulus package. Oh, maybe we're going to be a little, a little too much. We shouldn't, uh, it should only be like people should only get $12, and then only, if you know, while all of this is going on, while the United States becomes the epicenter of a pandemic, our president is sending a uh, hand down his pants, Rudy, rooting, tooting, Rudy, running around into courtrooms, using up valuable court time, abusing the justice system. Go, we, we like all these votes thrown out. If you could throw out all these your votes, we think there's problems in all the areas where Trump lost. Areas where Trump won, we don't think no problem. No problem. We don't see the problem. But areas where he lost, we think there was problems. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it in my entire life. How weird it is. How weird it is. Anyway, look, we're doing fine. I hope you're doing fine. You know, everybody has to make their own personal decisions. Uh, Thanksgiving coming up is coming up, which uh, at one time was my favorite holiday. Um... And uh, now I'm, you know, I'm ambivalent about it. But uh, especially this year, I, I'm pretty sure we're not going to go anywhere. I mean, uh, I was going to go visit my daughter in Los Angeles, not necessarily for Thanksgiving, but this month and visit my brother. Uh, but uh, California now has a, a strong advisory that if you f- uh, travel there, that you do a 14-day self-quarantine. And you know what? They're having problems in California. So, pff, okay. All right. But if I go to her visit for five days... Say, I'm going there for five days, but I quarantined for 14. Wait a minute. No, this doesn't work. Mathematically, this does not work. So I will not be seeing my family in California. I won't be seeing a lot of my family here in Arizona. Uh, Whose fault is it? It's partially ours. It's definitely ours. Okay? It's the government's. It's people who are too concerned with their own self-interest than to think of the greater good. Now, millions of people do think of the greater good. It is a propaganda machine out there. It's a death cult trying to convince people that there's no problem. I listened to uh, Fox News about a half hour last night. Uh, uh, Laura Ingram, whatever her name is, Ingram, Ingraham, a lady who I sat next to on a plane once, Made her so mad she got up and left, and I felt so good about that. Um, Because I told her that her show was mean. Um, Having people on going, none of this works, we just got to let it burn through. None of this works, we just got to let it burn through. That's their answer. Let the hospital system be overwhelmed. 
They say we got to protect the most vulnerable. Well, that's tens of millions of Americans. So now we're going to have a two-tiered society. One that can go out in public and one that is forced to stay home. Uh, the idiocy of those arguments is beyond my comprehension. Of course, a lot of things are beyond my comprehension. Um, you know that whole speed of light, speed of sound thing? Still kind of freaks me out a little bit. I go, wait a minute, I saw it, but I hear it later. Man, you know, that God spelled backwards is dog. Beyond my comprehension. So, um, uh, <laughs> that's the day today. Uh, it is Wednesday. I will be doing my online workshop tonight at 6 p.m. I'm happy to say that. Uh, we'll be doing an online stand-up comedy workshop tonight at 6 p.m. It's going to be a real hoot nanny. If you ever thought about doing stand-up comedy, and boy, do we need it now. Man, do we need stand-up comedy now. If you ever thought about doing it, then um, uh, contact us at comedyschools at hotmail.com or go to comedyschools.com and you'll find ways to be able to attend a free intro night with us. I got one going this Thursday at 6 p.m. if you want to check it out and much, much more. So we got that going for you. Um, you know, you can never see uh, when I'm doing the show is, uh, you know, I look like a, uh, uh, I look like the, um, the epitome of uh, stability and calmness. I know that. I know when people look at me, they go, he looks like the epitome of stability and calmness. Below me is a sea of madness. Two dogs, one cat, and a grandkid all seething about me. And there the grandkid just said hello. And, and a wife, and a sister. I mean, not. And a wife, that's right. And a wife. And, well, yeah. Who? Well, they can't really well, I mean, I'm just talking about who's in the room right now, Sullivan. Yes. Yeah, in the room right now, two dogs, one cat, one grandson, one wife. For the purpose of the show, we don't say wife, uh, although it's fine, but she's also the producer of uh, these festivities. Uh, all right, I'm getting some updates now on this uh, possible Arizona lockdown. And it's from Cricket Gill, who is a very funny woman who... Uh, uh, we're fortunate to have uh, Grace our workshops. She goes, so far, it's him talking about airports and schools, and they aren't closing the school, so it looks like nothing to see here. So it's looking like no lockdown in Arizona. That's what it's looking like right now. If we get further updates before the show ends, we'll certainly let you know. Are we... The Visick family, the ComedySchools.com organization, continue to exercise extreme caution, as does within our wider umbrella, uh, JPsComedyClub.com, the club JP's Comedy Club. Are we going to exercise extreme caution? Indeed we are, and indeed as we have been, with the number of people that we will uh, interact with live. Um, I was actually looking at some data and statistics yesterday that said if you're with a group of 25, there's an 18% chance that you will encounter someone with COVID. That doesn't mean that you'll get COVID. It means that you will encounter it in a group of 25, and that, that number increases the uh, larger the group of people. So uh, we have been keeping uh, the live in-person shows at JP's relatively small. Let's be honest, there's a lot of it, people are deciding they don't want to go out either, which is why we... Um, uh, we supply uh, live Zoom shows and live Zoom workshops. So we're going to uh, continue. We are, we are masked up. 
when we go somewhere, it is Mask City. When I conduct my live in-person classes, unless I'm on stage, if on stage, we make sure we're 12 feet from anyone, uh, we're wearing masks. We're masking it up unless we're uh, 8 to 10 to 12 feet from someone uh, and we're keeping everybody else six foot apart. There, by the way, uh, it's now a Ray break. And there is Ray the Wondercat, who was uh, just inexplicably put on my shoulder. So everybody wants to say hi to Ray. Ray does not have COVID. Uh, dogs and cats are immune to that. Sullivan just said dogs and cats are immune to that. So, <laughs> so remember what I told you? There's like all this stuff going on below me here, okay? As I'm sitting here trying to be an avuncular uh, voice of reason. Um, so we're going to keep you posted. We're going to keep ourselves posted. The main thing to all of you out there is let's not get this. Let's not get COVID. Okay. We're, we're, we're at the final hill. It looks like we're at the final hill. And when you get over the top of it, like I said, this year at this time, next year at this time, this will be in a rear view mirror. Let's make sure that everybody's in the car right now gets to look in that mirror. All right. Okay. Look, you know what? Enough of that. Enough of all of that. Enough. Enough COVID talk. Enough of all of that. Um, I don't have Jim here to make fun of for putting salt on his pizza. But I've got, oh, they're falling over. I've got here a really cool album to share with you. We're getting to the music portion of the show today. Let me get to it. i got to reach over and grab it. So professional. I am so professional. Let me set that there. Okay. So here's something I got. I'm going to tell you about, uh, you take a look at that. That's a pretty bland looking album cover. All right. And this is the greatest, the great original hits of the 50s and 60s collector's edition put out by none other than Reader's Digest. Reader's Digest. Reader's Digest. That has done more to ruin American literature than any other you ever like Reader's Digest condensed books? And then later on you read the whole book and go, oh, they cut out all the good shit. Um, they didn't necessarily do this. I'm going to assume this came out in 1970. Okay? And it's great originals in the 50s and 60s. And this is about six or seven albums in one box. You can see that I got the albums out. But it's a pretty thick box. I'm going to show you that in a minute. So when you see late night things, they go, now get all of your music on 10 CDs. That's not new. That's been around for a while. So this is Reader's Digest choosing the greatest hits from each year from like 1950 to 1969. So, uh, and there's just, there is a treasure trove of stuff here, um, but a lot of great stuff not on here. This is what Reader's Digest decided. Uh, we'll see you around, champ. Okay, you want to come back because uh, you're going to like the music that we're going to talk about. Come back and check it out later. Uh, this is the music that uh, they chose from 1950-51. Some of the stuff you'll know, some of it you won't. Tell Me Why by the Four Aces. Uh, music, Music, Music by Teresa Brewer. Good Night Irene by the Weavers. Now, there's a cool story around Good Night Irene and who the Weavers were. And the Weavers were uh, uh, Pete Seeger and maybe Burl Ives. And they were um, kind of a folk group who later on got blacklisted as being communist because they were like socialist cats, you know, uh, Pete Seeger and all those guys. But they finally had a hit with Lead Belly's tune. Lead Belly didn't write Good Night, Irene. Uh, he learned it from his uh, father or his uncle uh, right after World War II. 
Lead Belly spent a good part of his life in prison. A guy named Alan Lomax, who was a musicologist, fought to get him out of prison. Uh, he then became a cause celebre. It was a, uh, after he, while he was still in prison and then released, and went around, did concerts, uh, and was uh, uh, you know uh, a guy who'd killed a couple people, but was a great, great folk singer. And he brought Goodnight Irene to the world. Uh, it, he always knew it would be a hit. By the way, this is not the song that we're recommending. Um, I'm just telling the producer that. Uh, but it finally did become a big hit with the Weavers six months after Lead Belly passed. Um, 52, 53. See, you don't know a lot of these people yet. You know, we won't. We don't know really who Teresa Brewer was. Eddie Fisher had a big hit in 1952. Uh, Debbie Fisher's husband. And then uh, later on, uh, Elizabeth Taylor's husband, Carrie Fisher's dad. And complete speed freak. Um, but we're going to recommend from here. So that's 5051. By uh, 1969, um, it's music we were more familiar with, but music that even Reader's Digest couldn't, couldn't, uh, couldn't find anything bland enough to stick on here. Uh, Gene by Oliver, which is pretty bland. Love Child by Diana Ross and Supremes. Uh, great song. Not their greatest hit. Get Together by the Young Bloods, Mighty Quinn by Manfred Mann, and then the love theme from Romeo and Juliet, and Once in My Life from Stevie Wonder. And I mean, there's like five songs from each year on this thing. But what I wonder, cool songs that I remember from when I was a little kid, 1963, Walk Right In by the Rooftop Singers. Walk right in, sit right down, baby, let your hair come down, bum, 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 bum. Um... Peggy March, Do and I Will Follow Him, which was a very cool kind of doo-wop song in 63. You could kind of see how music was being changed just by new uh, By 1955, we begin to see... Um, no, by 1956, where is that right here? 1956, we begin to see rock and roll shoving its way into even a Reader's Digest collection of great music. With Carl Perkins' Blue Suede Shoes. That's right. A guy named Carl Perkins uh, wrote and originally did Blue Suede Shoes before Elvis. Um, of course, at the same time, Hot Diggity by Perry Como. So as music was making, a, and I like Perry Como, all right, but as music was making an ascension, it was at its deepest descension because of that. Uh, we're going to recommend from 1955, the year I was born, a song by one of my all-time favorite groups, The Platters. And we're going to recommend Only You by The Platters. Now, if you don't know The Platters and you have any romance in your soul whatsoever, you will immediately fall in love with The Platters. The Platters formed in 1952 and, oddly enough, still toured today. And there's a story in that as well. Uh, the original lead singer, the guy who was the lead singer when they had all their big hits, was a guy named Tony Williams. Very little... Uh, very little uh, um, uh, literature on Tony Williams. But he was the incredible voice of uh, the great pretender, Only You, Harbor Lights, uh, My Prayer, uh, just on and on and on with stunningly beautiful songs driven mainly by harmony, by um, uh, Zola Taylor and two other members who just recorded stunning, stunning, wonderful love songs, one after another. They were a bridge between the Tin Pan Alley era of the early 50s and the rock and roll era because they were in rock and rollers, oftentimes, though, singing songs that were Tin Pan Alley. 
The name is owned by a guy named Buck Ram. Buck Ram is a music producer and songwriter. And all the way up into the 80s and 90s and even now, there were anywhere between five and ten touring Platters group, the new Platters, Buck Ram's Platters, so-and-so's Platters. Constant lawsuits and fights. Sometime in the same city, working a, uh, a, a frat house or then working a small theater. Versions of the Platters. I think it's safe to say that the majority of the money was made by Mr. Buck Ram, who also worked with Sinatra and a lot of people. It's one of the great untold stories, and I'm pretty sure one of the great untold heartbreak stories of the rock and roll era, the Tin Pan, era, uh, Tin Pan Alley era. Because I'm quite sure that the voices that created that magic got the short end of the stick when the cash started rolling in. Um, the first time I saw the Platters, I actually went to Vegas in 1985 or 86, see a version of them in downtown Vegas. And I remember watching them and thinking, well, maybe it's like, you know, watching whomever, and they still have the original bass player. But that was not the case. There was none of the original members. I opened for a couple of versions of Platters. Uh, dozens of comics. I know, yes, I opened for the Platters. The Platters opened for me. Um, their name got licensed out and reused over and over and over again. Now, you can't do that with Fleetwood Mac. In the 70s, the manager of Fleetwood Mac tried to form his own Fleetwood Mac without Mick Fleetwood and John McVie. Okay? They sent out a band and said, this is Fleetwood Mac. They played Fleetwood Mac songs. Audiences booed, demanded their money back. Oh, that ain't Fleetwood Mac. You know, as long as, they had Mick, as long as it had the through line of at least John McVie and Mick Fleetwood, call it Fleetwood Mac. I imagine that if one of them was to uh, go on to their reward today and one of them was still there, so we have to call it Fleetwood Mac. If both of them were to go, but Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks still wanted to tour as Fleetwood Mac, we'd go because there's an honest through line. Same thing with bands like the Grateful Dead. The Grateful Dead, in reality, only has, when you see Dead and Company, two members who are with the band from 1965 on, Bob Weir and Bill Krutzman. Mickey Hart joined in 67. They're considered the original three, but they're not. The bass player is no longer with them. The lead guitarist is no longer with them. Uh, the original keyboardists are no longer with them. Other members aren't with them. But there's a through line, an honest through line. With the Platters, they just started sending people out, learn these songs and, and play them. Why were they able to do that with the Platters? And they can't do it with Fleetwood Mac. And they can't do it with the Grateful Dead. And they can't do it with a lot of rock bands. You'll have bands that are tribute bands, an ACDC tribute band. You know, why? Here's my thought. The Platters are African-American. Every member of that, band, of that singing group, African-American. And unfortunately, in America, even up to this day, the anonymity, the facelessness that is foisted upon so many African-Americans Continues on there. By the way, you can see one of the groups and enjoy the songs. But know that you're just seeing really just a tribute band. And that's all that it is. And never think that it's anything else. And remember the name Tony Williams. And remember the name Zola Taylor. Stunning singers who never really got their due 
in the pantheon of great singers of the rock and roll era. The Platters did, they didn't. Remember them. But listen, listen to those original songs. Check out Only You. It's one of my favorites. Check out The Great Pretender. Check out My Prayer. Uh, you will love every one of those songs, as we love every one of you. And we love you so much that we've decided uh, during the podcast, we passed some notes around, and uh, we actually had a little meeting. You couldn't even see it was going on underneath. We were passing notes like in high school. Then we're going to do it again tomorrow. We're going to be back with you again tomorrow. We might be serious. We might be funny. But if you've been following this podcast, you know, when it comes to this podcast, we're in it for the love not for the money. You've been watching Living on a Thin Line with Tony Vizek. That's it. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Bye-bye.